Hey, fan bros, this is Tatiana King-Jones. We have an awesome episode up ahead for you. But remember, make sure you subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook. We're everywhere. Holla. Welcome to the Fan Bros, the show where the bros are fans. Doodle. What's up, internets? This is Chico Leo flying high above the skies of Brooklyn, the spring skies of Brooklyn, uh, here with another Fan Bros special delivery. And I am joined by DJ Benjamin, Wakanda's favorite DJ, the Kevin Bacon of the Internets, in the spaceship tonight with the boy Chico Leo. How you doing, sir? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, we're here to talk about uh, this weekend's new uh, new new TV. Um, of course, we are now halfway through the new season of Game of Thrones, and uh, tonight was uh, another thriller called Kill the Boy. Wow. Hold on a second. Hold on. Hold on. Before we get into that, though, Chico, you have to remember, happy Mother's Day to everyone out there. Yes. Love and yes. peace and blessings to everyone. Because this episode definitely had some motherly moments in it, as Game of Thrones does. Yeah. It definitely did, uh, especially for the mother of dragons. Yes. <laughs> but the, the title, Kill the Boy, comes from a speech that Meister Aemon Targaryen uh, gives to Jon Snow when he says, Kill the boy and let the man be born. Yep. Um, which is, you know, like that old Robert Frost poem or, you know, whatever, but you got to leave your childish things behind you and, you know, step into adulthood. And John is now the Lord Commander of the of the Night's Watch. And interestingly, he brings it up. Uh, I don't know if people remember, but yeah, so Mass- Meister Aemon is a Targaryen and he's distantly related to Daenerys. He's like her grandfather or great-grandfather's brother. I don't think they've ever met, but they're like the last two Targaryens on the planet. Yeah, definitely. And it, I, it, that was kind of a fact that you know because he said it before when he talked about his great history, but it's not something you remember because he's like this adult old man so you don't really think of him like as related to the mother of dragons right that's what i mean it's it's sort of like on orphan black you got to remind yourself that that's the same actress like you know when you're (laughs) seeing him in uh you know in castle black or whatever you're not thinking oh yeah that guy's related to uh to daenerys so it looks like uh sir barristan the bold um did did bite the big one but uh at the end of last episode but uh gray worm has managed to uh live to fight another day and also deliver the most pimp line in a long time on game of thrones history when my man said no i wasn't afraid of dying i was afraid of never getting to see you again Yes. Yeah. I mean, just smooth game, recognized game. She lays down with them. Can't be mad at Grey Worm on this one. Oh, not at all. I mean, sometimes it takes a couple of stab wounds to, uh, you know, to let your feelings fly with your uh, with your intended honey. <laughs> and let him fly, he did. And it worked out well for him. Absolutely. So I think we've we've been rooting for them to get together. Hopefully they're, uh, they're, they're going to get together and... Uh, you know, have have a romance for the ages. Uh, of course, things don't uh, don't often last in Westeros for uh, 
for romantic couples. Not at all. And also, speaking of romance, let's talk. I mean, you know, because it worked out so well for Grey Worm. But when you talk about the Mormon, more, what, Jorah Mormon? Mormon? Yeah. Yeah, the Mormon way, as Tyrion put it in this episode, it's not working out too well for him. Like, his game, you know, of hopefully bringing Tyrion back to get into good graces is... Yeah, he should have stayed back in the whorehouse. Yeah, absolutely. So the big reveal at the end of the episode is that, you know, the Jorah Mormont now has grayscale. Um, They were uh, traveling through the abandoned area where all the people with uh, grayscale get sent to die like lepers. And they attack Tyrion and Jorah, and I guess just their touch gives you grayscale, which, you know, of course, is the disease that uh, Stannis' daughter, I think her name is Shireen, um, you know, managed to survive from. Uh, but Gilly's sisters didn't. So, I mean, Jorah's in for, you know, his best-case scenario seems to be a slow, lingering, terrible death. Yeah, it's not looking good for Jorah at this point. No. And also, that, that begs the question, because Tyrion was grabbed by something down there. And he's like, he wasn't touched, so... Right, so he might have been grabbed, you know, he was wearing pants that were in boots, like if it grabs his boot, I think it, it doesn't count as touching him. Yeah. That, that's what I'm assuming. Um, you know, I'm not too worried about Tyrion, but it would be kind of <laughs> dope if the two of them were like, yeah, no, I no, nothing touched me, and then both of them were sitting there nursing uh, <laughs> nursing grace grayscale. No, I thought you, when you said earlier talking about uh, romance, I thought you were going to talk about uh, everybody's favorite psychopath, uh, Ramsey Bolton. Oh, and my his, God. Uh, his girlfriend, the, the, the kennel master's daughter, who's oh. not too happy about his impending nuptials. Yo, know, I hate Ramsey Bolton with such a passion that it cannot be described in words. Like, I think he is, he, like, I never hated, um, what's his name, the king nearly as much as i hate joffrey yeah, yeah no way i never hated joffrey nearly as much as i hate ramsey bolton i hate i mean the one all the, the way one, through and through the one thing i'll say about ramsey over joffrey is that ramsey is perfectly willing to get his hands dirty whereas joffrey never was you know he was a coward hold up you know he like didn't shoot- joffrey shoot up the shorty with the crossbow yeah, but it doesn't take much, uh, you know, we've seen uh, Ramsey in battle and, or at least leading men and, uh, you know, yeah, Joffrey shot a woman who was tied up with a crossbow, like, that's, that's about as cowardly and, Yeah, you know. I guess it doesn't, but, get, yeah. but no, I mean, yeah, Ramsey is definitely a bad, bad guy, like, he's a bad apple who's fallen, you know, <laughs> far from the bad apple tree. <laughs> yeah. Like, he didn't start off on a good tree, and it just got worse when he fell off. Oh, my God. I can't stand Ramsey. And uh, I really didn't think Miranda was going to make that move that she did. I thought, I mean, that was definitely a smooth move on her part. But I figured her to be more in the lane of killing Ramsey off. But I guess that's not her, you know, thought process, so. Yeah, no, you mean, uh, intro- you know, showing Sansa that uh, they have Theon and have Ugh. turned him into Reek? Yeah, and I finally yeah, got Yeah, no, his that name. was a bit of a gangster move, um, and then it caused Ramsay to be like a real, you know, dick at dinner, introducing them, and with the added complication that, you know, 
everybody believes that Theon killed Bran and Rickon. But Theon knows Sansa and Ramsay. Theon knows he didn't, but he's Reek. And any little bit of Theon that's in him would want to, you know, shield the information that those boys are out there. Because if anyone knew they were out there, they would go, they would hunt them down. True indeed. But at the same time, you know, he needs to redeem himself in someone's eyes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, really, he needs to redeem himself in his own eyes. And that's going to be a long time coming, it seems, for poor Reek. Because, man, bottom of the barrel I'm, for him. I'm hoping for some sort of, you know, Reek slash Theon teaming up with Brienne and Podrick and, you know, uh, helping turn the tables at Winterfell for Sansa. But we'll see. Um, you know, Sansa has, this is definitely fifth season Sansa, which has definitely been different than the first four seasons. Like, she definitely seems, even though her situation she doesn't have a whole lot of control over his situation. She at least has, uh, she seems like she's in the game. Yeah, definitely a little bit more than she has been. And still, though, I thought that was a really dumb move of hers, just walking down that hallway after Miranda told her to go down there. That was like when uh, De Niro was in, um, what is that? Uh, is that uh, Goodfellas? When he's telling her, hey, I got some right. nice dresses yeah, yeah. for you. you know? <laughs> I got some nice dresses, dresses for you. Yep. You know, go right down there. It's right, right. It's right down there. Yeah, come on, Sansa. But, you know, she survived that. I thought she was going to get ate up by a dog. But, you know. No, I think it was also just to, uh, int- you know, try and intimidate her and stuff. But you got to remember, that is her home. She did grow up there. She's a Stark. Their sigil is the wolf. She had a wolf, you know, as a child. So, you know, I mean, I- I- I'm expecting big things from her. Um, you know, in other news, Stannis has ridden off to actually take um, Winterfell, so we'll see what happens there. Jon Snow has uh, basically made an agreement with the Wildings to let them let them through, um, which is big. And um, you know, I feel like a lot of stuff happened. We we did see uh, our first uh, dragon eating people scene. Yeah, we've had dragons and we've had people. Um, If I'm not mistaken, this is the first time we've ever seen. uh, So the two smaller dragons split one of the marine slaver royalty uh, types. I like how they were really, you know, nice and shared the meal between each other. Like they didn't fight over their pieces. They both just sat there and ate happily, you know. And also, you know, that led to Daenerys, which I I wish I'd said this on an earlier episode because I felt like I could see this drumming. Her having, um, proposing or, yeah, basically proposing to the guy, one of the head families of the former rulers, that they would marry. And and I just felt like I saw that coming because they had a nice little chemistry, you know, whenever he was standing in front of her begging for his life, basically. Right. <laughs> I was surprised at that because I just thought down the line now, they have said they're just doing seven seasons, which would just lead two more, leave two more. Wow. But I kind of expected down the line, like Daenerys to have to marry someone from one of the families that's already on Westeros. You know, like someone in Stannis's family or Jon Snow, you know, that's it's a saga of fire and ice and she's the mother of dragons and he's Jon Snow. I just sort of generally thought... You know, but we'll see. I yeah, mean, we'll nothing see, lasts uh, forever. You know, these weddings yeah, absolutely, don't, don't... especially in this world. Yeah. And we haven't seen what Dario Nahiris will have to say about that. I can't imagine he'll be too thrilled. Yeah, I can't imagine he'll live much longer after expressing his not being right. thrilled either, though. Um, 
So, yeah, I mean, I, uh, you know, we're now halfway through the season. I feel like, and everything is sort of, you know, uh, moving forward. And uh, Tyrion is that much closer to, I guess, teaming up and being in uh, Camp Dragon. He even saw his first dragon uh, just from afar. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, things are moving along. I had to say that. Like you said, you know, it's the first few episodes where it's kind of a lot of build up. But since then, it's been rolling pretty smooth, and I'm not mad at it. Right. You know, we got five episodes left, and we'll see what happens. And, yeah, this, I think, was the first week where we didn't see anything in King's Landing. So, and you know there's always shit going on there. But, um, yeah, that was uh, Game of Thrones, Kill the Boy. Orphan Black uh, continues with names that... uh, I don't know. N- newer elements of our defense was this week's. And um, I just wanted to say it was good to see Helena get uh, get something uh, dope to do. And uh, that Scorpion that is in her mind is uh, quickly becoming one of my favorite characters on the show. <laughs> I love how the Scorpion is so easily distracted by food. Like, right. <laughs> like it's always a staple staple. And then, oh, wait, 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 wait. You know? Right. <laughs> But no, and uh, something to do doesn't really describe what Helena went through this episode right. because that's that. Once again, you know, you always forget that about this show is that it is disturbing. You know, it's there's there's always these moments where I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. That's this is that show. Like on the first season when they had the guy with the tail, and then tonight when Helena discovers one of the other male clones in the lab tied up, revi- pulls off the curtain. And sees that his brain is exposed. And yeah. that was just like, it was one of those moments where I was sitting there watching the TV. And I think I had a drink in my hand and I was about to take a sip and you just had to put it down. And, you know, be like, mm, like, oh, okay, that's how we're going tonight. And the scorpion told her to leave him. But Helena has enough humanity, even after all she's been through, that, you know, she definitely put him out of his misery. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I uh, you know, so newer elements of our defense. I, I I don't know what that necessarily means, but Sarah. I mean, there's a lot going on. Sarah and Helena are definitely desperately trying to find each other. Sarah feels really guilty. Helena knows that you know her sister hasn't given up on her, and she's hardcore. I mean, she's she was raised as an assassin, like you know, so she's going through all kinds of crazy Jack Bauer, you know, um, stuff. And um, you know, once again, Tatiana Maslan. I mean, it's like crazy when you're watching them alternately because you do forget it's the same actress. Um, my my only real criticism, they still haven't found something to do with Felix. He's still playing the, like, gay best friend like he's, you know, in, uh, you know, Will and Grace. And, and they haven't, you know, it's not 15 years later. And, you know, he could be having his own storylines, I feel like. But um, same for Kazima or Kazima. She, uh, she hasn't had much to do this season. But they went out and had drinks so that Kasima uh, could try and get over Delphine and, um, you know, get on this uh, this world's version of Tinder. Um, but the, re- the real story was clearly uh, Helena and, and Sarah and Helena going through all kinds of uh, changes and sort of does escape at one point and then gets put back, you know, in prison, but with more knowledge than she had before. 
Definitely. But I have to say, I think that's one of the things about this show is that it also shows that these clones are just trying to lead normal lives at the same time. Because before they encountered each other, most of them were just leading normal lives. So it's like they're just trying to go on about their lives, even with all this other craziness about them, which kind of bugged me out at first. But then I realized, well, you know, what else would they do? Because they do have lives like, you know, Allison has kids to raise, so she has to keep going on about it. And an election to win. Yes, and that was one of my favorite moments of this episode was Allison's reaction to the thug in her garden because she thinks that, you know, dude is just, you know, like, or that shorty is just like her where she's going to, you know, send a thug to ruin the election to her garden. Like, nah, you know, this dude is obviously coming from the drug dealers. Yeah, I mean, I, I, and and the drug dealer was Justin Chatwin, who you know, shameless fans will definitely recognize. Which you know, I thought, I mean, playing a dude who you know she dumped in high school, I kind of thought they were gonna bring use this opportunity to sort of bring this storyline into the larger like Prolethean dyad clone business because this whole season, Allison has essentially just been doing her own thing with Donnie. With the drug dealing to win, you know, to win the uh, the school board board election. Yeah, definitely. But no, I didn't really think it was going to go that way. And it was good to see dude show up again after he's been on Shameless, even though he seems to be getting typecast. And, yeah. And I also forget all the time that he was also Goku in the Dragon Ball Z live action movie that I've never seen since I really don't watch Dragon Ball Z. But I know that most people hate religiously. Right. So, you know, he's had a few missteps. I did not know that. Yeah, he's 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 been in something. I mean, he's in the first and last episodes of uh Weeds. Um I mean, I know I've definitely seen him in things. He often plays a douchebag. He's got a little bit of a douchebaggy demeanor. I was going to say that and it's so funny that he definitely has been, like I said, typecast in that role as of late. Yeah. Definitely holding down, you know, supreme douchebag. From Shameless to now in this one. But, yeah, like you say, I feel what what you're saying about how the other clones, you know, are kind of separate from the main story of the dyad and whatnot. But I also like that because at certain points, the dyad and all this stuff gets a little like, ugh. And my main complaint about this episode is that, you know, once again, on Mother's Day, I'm just sorry that Helena just didn't, you know, jack up the mother right there before when she had a chance. You know, like she sees that these people are evil. Why doesn't she just do her in? You know, she's the super assassin, done her off before the guards get there, and then see what happens. Yeah, so this this was really our first Helena-centric episode, and I just was happy to see her taking her own situation in hand and not just basically being a punching bag, which she has been through uh, most of this season. And Clearly, she and Sarah are going to find each other and team up, and it's going to be, you know, Wonder Twin Powers activate. (laughs) Definitely will be. Yeah, so we'll see what happens with that. I think that's about it, right? Kasima, Allison, uh, Rachel still recovering somewhere. From the pencil in the eye. Oh, we can't forget. Pencil in the brain. Yeah, but we can't forget to mention poor Gracie this episode. Right. Oh man, yeah. That, you know, her mom is just—it's—it's it's not a lot of good moms on this show. Like pretty much everybody, mother figure is a terrible one on this show because, man, that was just—you know—no, no love at all. Like just ice, you know, cold. Do we ice. even see Mrs. S on this episode? I don't even think she was in it. Nope. 
No. No love for Mrs. S. So she's no. already a traitor, and then you don't even get to see her. Like, right. You know, tight. Yeah, so huh, it's it's been a you know it's been a rough season for everybody involved pretty much you know so we'll see if they can pull it out and you know have a happy ending or something by the end of this but so far it definitely hasn't been the best. Well, it doesn't have to have a happy ending, but I feel like they got to start uh, weaving the stories a little more t- you know t- together. I mean, it's been the beginning of the season; they're setting things up, but. Again, I expect like the Allison thing to somehow, or unless it's all gonna be like a crazy, you know, in the final episode, you know, Allison's gonna be having to give her in campaign speech, but it's really gonna be, you know, Kasima pretending to be Allison, oh. and you know, Helena's gonna be running around talking to scorpions, and you know, something like that, like a big set piece. Um, but I feel like you know they're gonna they're gonna have to start sort of narrowing, you know narrowing things down you know getting the x-wing fighters in the trench you know to uh to hit that exhaust pipe we'll see what happens i i from the beginning that i thought that allison's um the person she's running against was somehow going to be involved in the diet corporation right that and that could definitely happen too i mean that or you know the diet organization could come in at the last minute and back her yes <laughs> Her super pack. <laughs> it's, it's an evil, slow revenge for them. <laughs> we'll take your so, school districts first. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's what the Tea Party did, and uh, it seems to have worked. You know, local local uh, local elections matter, folks. So uh, <laughs> vote vote in your school elections, but vote vote in all of them because uh, you know who's on the school board matters, who's on the city council matters, and. Uh, you know, it all it all starts, you know, all politics is local. All and right. that's true. Wow, the more you know on this episode of Fan Bros. That's right. All right, what else? Flash, we got to talk about. Right, so for many weeks, we'd been teased and tantalized, and this was the episode, Grodd Lives. And we got, uh, we got a lot of Gorilla Grodd in this episode. Damn sure did, and I was hype as hell through most of it because they, you know... Grodd was definitely realized well. You know, they got his intelligence across. They got his telepathic powers across. They got his, you know, ruthlessness across. And, it, you know, it, it was like, it was, you really felt fearful for uh, um, Iris's father in this one because when Grodd had him in that cave, you know, it looked real tight on him for a second there. Oh, yeah. I, I thought there was a chance they might kill him off. I'm glad it, they didn't because I liked him. And more importantly, this was the first, this was really, you know, Iris's sort of coming out episode as a human being. Wow. Like, she was, well, I, I really feel like, you know, it's not the character's fault, but, you know, they by keeping her in the dark for so long and making her seem like such an airhead about so many things. And I thought they worked it in really well by having Iris there with Barry's team, like, advising him and being the voice in his ear and all that. Um and we also got the Eddie Thawne and Aobard Thawne, the man in the yellow suit. Like, uh, you know, I, I feel like that the Aobard has begun poisoning Eddie's mind against the Flash and Iris. You know, he shows him the newspaper from the future that, you know, with the byline is Iris West Allen. So, um, yeah, there, and it turns out that he had been working with Grodd. Oh, yeah, definitely. But we knew that a little bit from before. 
But that's one thing, definitely. I feel like they're definitely, you know, setting up for Eddie to become another version of the Reverse Flash because there's definitely a few of them in the DC universe. Yeah, but, Professor Zoom. Yeah. And, yeah. But definitely, I want to say something else, like you brought up earlier, is about Iris. Because on the internet this week after the show aired, I got a lot of reaction while I was talking to people about it. And people kept saying how much they hate Iris. And how much of, like, she feels like to me, what's her name, uh, Skylar on Breaking Bad right now? Right. Like, that's the level of hate that she is getting right now. Or maybe even uh, Rick's wife on Walking Dead level right, of hate. Right, Lori. Yeah, Lori. Because the level of hate for Iris right now is so insane. And I really don't understand it because it's like everyone was lying to her. And people are like, well, Barry had to lie because of her dad. And I'm like, no, Barry's a man. He can step up and say something if he wants to. And he didn't. So you can't really be mad at Iris for being like, as you say, the airhead and out of it because everyone is lying to her. And people were mad, you know, that love saved them all on this episode. And it's just, I don't know. It's one of those things. I feel like people just are never going to be happy with Iris's character right now. Well, I'm I'm actually see I'm I'm glad that love saved them and and I felt like uh, her character I I mean I like her a lot more after this week than I did before this week I I did find her to be really annoying and and in some ways like a lot more annoying than Skylar um, damn and 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 so yeah I mean I I you know um, I I. I think that, you know, going forward that she's going to be much less problematic, even if she's like wishy-washy about her actually having a relationship with Barry or the Flash. I just think having her in the know and having her express her feelings just makes it just makes her seem much more human. Um, And as far as the love thing and the heart thing, um, you know, again, going back to Mark Wade's run on the Flash in the 90s. That was very much at the center. It was actually Linda Park and Wally West. But that, that like, uh, their love kind of kept him anchored and not sort of flying off into the, into the Speed Force. And it was a kind of, like, storybook romance that definitely worked. And I, if they could do that with, with Barry and Iris, that would be awesome. And I feel like this was a, a definite positive step in that direction. Dope. For her character. Yeah, dope. And I, I feel the same way because Flash has always been about that. Like, he's always been about family, you know, and his relationship later on in the comic. He has wife and kids and all yep. that. So, it's always been about that for Flash. So, I was happy to see it and I didn't feel any type of way about it. But I definitely heard that on the internet. But I just think that's a general level of hate for Iris in general. Like, people just... <laughs> Cannot stand her, like you say. I mean, if you hate her more than Styler, that's saying a lot. Well, like. no, but I'm saying, and I don't know about. I mean, hate's a strong word, but I'm also saying that I felt like this episode was a turning point. So while I might have talked trash about her a bunch of times before, like I feel like going forward, there could definitely be, uh, you know, a new and improved Iris. Just through her, you know, knowing, you know, knowing that he's the Flash, but then having been there in the, you know, in the HQ while he was on a serious mission and her dad's life was at stake and she saw how dope, you know, Cisco is and uh, Caitlin, you know. So I don't know how many episodes of Flash there are left. There's only one or two episodes left, I think, this season. But um, real, real props. I mean, it's uh, it, it's been a great first season and um, 
definitely looking forward to the finale and, uh, you know, upcoming seasons. Most definitely. Yeah, definitely can't wait for the end of this and the second season that'll come after and a new show that they just finally announced the name. I want to say it's like, it's not Defenders of Tomorrow. It's like Protectors of Tomorrow or Heroes of Legends of Tomorrow. Legends of Tomorrow. Yeah, Legends of Tomorrow is the new show that'll star Adam, probably Firestorm. They say Rip Hunter and a few other characters are going to be on it. So, you know, definitely hype for that because so far they've been killing it. I'm not really the biggest Arrow fan, but Flash is definitely my joint. So I'm loving it. Yeah, you know, I don't know. Do you know what's been going on on Arrow? Because he uh, he's been uh, was forced to uh, assume Razal Ghul's, you know, become his Razal Ghul's uh, heir. Ah, nice. No, I know less than on Arrow than what I know on Agents of Shield, and I actually watched that again this week. And the finale is next week, and I'll talk about it more next week after it all wraps up. Because yeah, I really couldn't tell you much more than I watched it this week. Right. Yeah. Now, so I haven't been hearing the best things about that, but, uh, you know, there, there, there's a lot of comic book stuff. Um, again, uh, the recent stuff on Arrow has been pretty good. It looks like uh, Roy Harper has been written out and maybe his sister might assume the speedy mantle, you know, Oliver's sister, Thea. That's the way it looked uh, most recently. Um, I, I have liked most of the Ra's al Ghul storyline and I like, you know, I like a lot of the characters in, in Arrow. Um, I feel like the main problem is the flashback stuff this season just hasn't been as strong as the first two. Um, and it's a little grim and gritty after a while it gets annoying, especially when contrasted with, you know, the sort of, um, it's not sunny all the time, but the sunniness of the, you know, the heroism on the Flash, you know, the optimism of the Flash. Yeah, definitely. It's the same problem, like I said before, that I have of when I turn from the Flash to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. It's like, well, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. still has heroism and optimism because it's Marvel. It also just has this whole plotting feel to it that the Flash doesn't have, and I just can't get past that after watching the flash and having all that energy. And then you come back to this show, which is more, a lot of talking and then the occasional action. But even when you get to the action, it's ho-hum and uh, yeah, I don't know. We'll see how the finale turns out next week. I mean, it's pretty incredible. I just, my one last uh, note, and I, I just thought this, like if we had seen this Grodd episode when we were kids, like it would have been a dude in a gorilla suit. Like, you know what I mean? Like, just think about how much whack. I mean, it literally would have been a dude and you would have seen his eyes and you would have seen where the head is on the suit and, and the CGI gorilla. I mean, he was helped by being you know in tunnels and there was a lot of steam and darkness and stuff but i i thought you know he looked really dope and uh i don't know that i ever expected to see gorilla grot on my tv screen never in my lifetime would i have expected to see gorilla grot on my tv screen other than like on animation or whatnot so big shout out to the flash for pulling it together and making that happen Anything? And hopefully we'll see more. Hopefully we'll see we'll get a nice trip to Gorilla City. Oh my God! You know that's coming eventually. I'm yeah, sure. I'm I sure, hope so. Yeah, they're gonna go all out with this show. They haven't shown any signs of slowing down. So, frankly, that's the show I, I'd want to see is the Gorilla <laughs> City show. Like you know, 
life in the average day of a gorilla in gorilla city absolutely yeah i mean that that's what they should get on you know for agents of shield forget that agents of gorilla trying to deal with gorilla grod's taxation without representation exactly and he's a telepathic president it's not a good life right that's what i'm saying you know i mean uh so yeah um hopefully we'll get to see more grod and um I don't know. I think that's uh, that. That about wraps it up for this week. Or uh, you got any uh, anything else? Yeah, most definitely. As always, this has been DJ Ben Amin and Chico Leo. Check us out on FanBros.com, where you can find more articles, more podcasts, more editorials, reviews, all that good stuff. Plus, our store is open at FanBros Shop. You can find it on FanBros.com. Get all that FanBros merchandise and look fresh and be down with the team and the mission because we love you. Yeah, what, what he said. <laughs>